Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Save the Marriage Podcast, the podcast I designed to help you save and restore your marriage pretty much wherever you are in the process. Now, let me just say, clearly, 100% of marriages cannot be saved. The problem is there's only one way to find out if your marriage can be saved, and that is by actually working on it. Lots of marriages can be saved before they even get into trouble, which is, I hope, why you're here, to to try to get clear of the crisis and move beyond that or even avoid the crisis. But today I want to talk about something specific that I see very often. In fact, I've heard it multiple times this week with clients, and, and this is what happens. You know things aren't right. You just have the feeling something's not right about things, and you want them right. I mean, we all want to have that loving marriage, and and so what happens many times is because we we have this feeling we we know something's going on, we're not sure what, and it's just kind of floating in the background. Many people don't take action, and because of that, suddenly a crisis erupts, and then you really don't know what to do. But in the midst of that, you have this, for lack of a better word, crisis clarity. The clarity suddenly is like the, the, the uh, clouds suddenly part, the sun shines and, and shows you exactly what's going on. And you suddenly become exactly aware of how this is important to you and what you want. And it's clarity that you didn't have before. What happens from there for many times is it kicks you into gear in ways that you haven't been in so far. And then you turn and watch this very bewildered spouse who doesn't need, doesn't even understand what's happened with you and doesn't know what to do with all that's coming at the spouse, right? That all you're trying to do all at once. And so you hear some common responses from your spouse that you, you may yourself have already heard this, like, well, why now, right? Why why now are you suddenly kicked into gear? And why did it take this crisis to wake you up? Why did it take the affair to wake you up or me asking for a separation or me asking for a divorce or me saying I'm done with this? Why did it take this crisis to finally get your attention? I've been saying something for so long, they often say. Or why are you suddenly working so hard after all these years? After efforts I've made, why are you suddenly working so hard? So if you haven't heard that, you might be on the front side. If you have heard that, let me just tell you, you can get in line with lots of others who are in that same spot. It's not a spot you want to be in, but just recognize that this is a common occurrence. As I said, my term for that is crisis clarity. There's nothing like a crisis to really bring focus in. And many times when people are in crisis situations, they talk about their tunnel vision. And the tunnel vision's design is to get you focused only on what's right in front of you to deal with. Um, People talk about this in terms of, you know, they might be in a house fire or buildings on fire and all they can see is the exit, which many times means that they miss all the other possibilities around them, but their mind is trying to focus them in on getting out. That's their attempt to get out. People have told me who have been in fight situations that all they can see is that attacker. That's their, their whole focus is on that attack. I remember when I was attacked uh, many years ago, my only thing I really noticed was that knife, right? I was so focused on that knife 
that I wouldn't have been aware of other things around me because I got monofocused on that. That's the clarity, the crisis clarity that comes from any crisis. And what happens is it's trying to get us focused on something. It's the focus of from fear. And many times in a marriage crisis, what's happened is your focus has gone from flight mode of fear, right? The flight mode is where you know something's not going well, but you don't want to confront it too heavily. You don't want to push too hard. You, you want to find some way around it. And so you just kind of avoid. So you avoid conversations. You avoid taking action. You avoid anything that's going to get you into deeper trouble. And that's, that's the, the flight part. Remember, fight, flight is our brain's way of dealing with fear. It's got those two solutions when it feels like there's a threat. I'm either going to get away from this threat or I'm going to have to fight this threat. And so for a long time, you might have been in flight mode without even realizing it, just kind of avoiding the confrontation, avoiding the trouble, trying to keep from stirring up the problem. Now that the crisis is in front of you, you may have switched over to fight mode where you're trying to do everything you can to fight for the marriage in your mind, to fight for that place. And understand that what this often leads to is desperation action. It's true wherever we are in a crisis, desperation can take over. And so desperation action gets you doing everything you can, just kind of the last ditch effort over and over. Many times that desperation action isn't particularly productive, but in your mind, you're doing everything you can. I've heard that so many times from people saying, I've done everything I can. I don't know what else to do, but rarely have they done it in a focused way. Now, one of the other things that comes out of this crisis clarity is a reorganization of your priorities. Maybe you realize that you had been distracted hit the pause button as I talk about the pause to your marriage and you thought you'd come back to it. And now all of a sudden this crisis is upon you and you have a complete reorganization of your priorities, of what's important, of what you want. And sometimes it just brings that to mind. And so the answer to why now is because suddenly you realize how important something is. Why did it take the crisis to wake you up? Because You'd fallen asleep at the wheel. You hit the pause. And maybe both of you did that. But in the end, one person kind of was the canary in the cave of of letting you know that something was wrong here. And that's what that crisis did. So what can you do about it? Well, let me just kind of go through five things to do immediately. First of all, don't push. This is a to do, don't do. (laughs) Don't push. Don't plead. Don't beg. Don't threaten. Don't coerce. Don't try to force. Because what that ends up doing is getting your spouse to reinforce their side. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but if you just walk up to somebody and kind of start pushing, they naturally will push back. Years ago, I was at a conference and, and it just became very stark to me, this realization, uh, because they told us to turn to the person in front behind, you know, by rows, we would turn around and put our elbow down on the table and put our arm up and lock hands. And so we're sitting facing this person with our elbows apart from each other, locked hands above it. And you might recognize that as the position where you arm wrestle. And they said, now the goal is to touch the back of your hand to, of your, um, your partner's hand to the table as many times as you can. 
Now, it turned out that the person in front of me was this very um, um, uh, kind of minute a woman. Uh, her, she, she had was very small and had very small arms and was much older than me. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to hurt her. And so we locked arms and she locked arms and, and we locked eyes and we were like, OK, it's on. Right. And so I did. I tried not to hurt her, but I also didn't want her to score a point. The interesting thing is I could watch people around the room. A few people were just kept slamming their hands down and some people just you know kept on slamming their partner's hand down. And I, I was going, how are you being so mean about this? And after the time had passed, the person had asked about how many times we had done it. And I had very carefully gotten one point and was kind of proud of not having you know, heavy handed. And then the person said, remember, I said, your partner, this is not an oppositional thing. And the goal was to touch the back of your hand as many times as you can to the counter. You could have taken turns going back and forth, back and forth, or you could have just one person gone, I'll get all the points and, and bing, 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 bing on the tabletop. You could have cooperated, but instead you got into a struggling match because that's what humans do. At an event um, some time ago, I took a piece of rope and I just throw it, threw it towards an audience member and I held on to one side and I started pulling. They didn't follow the rope up to the stage. I didn't tell them what I was doing. They suddenly started getting into tug of war with me. And I was trying to prove that point because that's what we do. And so when you try to push, your spouse will push back. When you try to pull them towards you, your spouse will pull away. So pleading, begging, threatening, coercing, anything like that is not going to get you where you want to. Number two, big danger, don't try everything. The first thing people do these days when um, there's a problem is they run to the internet and they look at what everything they could do. That may be how you found me. You did a search, found this information, and here we are. And so the problem is there's so many different approaches, and many of them are manipulative. Many of them use um, very questionable techniques. And yet people try to group everything together. If it says this can save your marriage, I'm going to try it. And they go in this very um, uh, distractive pattern to your spouse where you're just throwing everything at them. Oh, I heard this might work. I might, this might work. This might work. This might work. And in the process, it's like throwing everything at the situation rather than trying to figure out exactly what you want. For instance, my approach is based on rebuilding connection. It's based on the fact that humans are wired for connection and that that's what needs to be restored. So I work from a connection or attachment perspective. But then there are these people who think that jealousy is the way, right? They do talk about the no contact rule, which I think is frankly a load of crap, but that is an approach that's out there. And so sometimes people will come and they'll try to do my connection thing, and then they suddenly decide to do the disconnection that comes along with no contact, and they're trying to figure out why things are blowing up in their face. It's because they're trying to do everything rather than trying to figure out exactly the direction they want to follow. So don't try everything. But number three, do have a plan. Don't try to wing this. You need some help in this. You need an approach to this. And you need a plan that's going to walk you through the process to make sure that every day you're going, okay, what do I need to do differently today? How do I need to change this? How do I need to move forward? Number four, 
Do clarify your goals with yourself. This is not where you tell your spouse how great you're going to be and how much you're going to change in your relationship and how different you're going to be. This is about how you're clear with yourself of how you want things to go and what you want to achieve. Only with a plan and clear goals do we ever make progress, which leads to number five, do get help. There is lots of help out there. Make sure you're getting competent help. If somebody says, I saved my marriage doing this little technique, be very suspicious. That's different than somebody who has um, a lot of training in the area, has a lot of experience across a wide array, and can give you a good, solid foundation. Now, if you're needing that, let me tell you, I've been doing this work now for over three decades. I've worked with thousands of couples around the world. I hope you'll give my program a shot. I'm going to help you create a plan. I've got extra help if you need it. But you need to make sure that wherever you go, you get competent help. If you're interested in that, please check out my system at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. The big thing to take away, though, is the crisis clarity can give you clarity that you need as long as you don't let the fear kind of get in your way and create the fog that keeps you distracted. Crisis clarity versus fear fog. Work through the clarity. This is Lee Balkan wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage.